Hey y'all, so this week is going to be another episode of The Anything Show with John Francois. I thought I'd give you all a second taste of the deliciousness of The Anything Show and all that it has to bring an offer because it tickles me on the inside. To be even have a chance to be a part of the show is something that I think is so amazing. So if you're interested in listening, please check out The Anything Show on any and all podcast platforms where you enjoy your podcasts. You can also interact with us at The Anything Show on The Anything Show socials that are also on IG and Facebook. And then you can also reach out to me through Lifestyles page, and I'll be sure to link you up with some Anything Show information. And you can always get a chance to win our $100 Ask Anything prize, which it's some great money. Why not get the coins? Get the coins. I think that's going to be on shirts now. Get the coins. The coins are here. The doubloons, the ducats, the wan. I mean, if you're getting familiar with currencies, get into it. It's gone on too long. Sometimes you just have to let it go. So in honor of letting that terrible joke go, check out this episode of The Anything Show with John Francois and me. And I hope you all enjoy. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. I have some great topics in mind and some things that I really want to play around and toy with. One of the things, which before we get to the show, I'll just tell you now. Apparently, I sound like the guy Bruce from the show Family Guy. So now I have something to research. Because I haven't found that show funny, I need to figure out who this character is. So you might get a little Family Guy recap for my people out there who like it. But... There's going to be a lot of other shit. Shit show galore and fuckboys coming soon. My goodness, TV is just so boring nowadays. And on top of that, I want drugs, but I cannot afford them. And on top of that, I am still paying that damn alimony. So how about I solve my frustrations by reading How to See a Man About a Dog Collected Writings. Why? Because it's surreal. It's strange. Just like me. It's How to See a Man About a Dog. And me as a dog owner, I can totally relate to this. I'm going to get my dose of surreal prose and poetry with this dark comedy collection. The ebook is available on Kindle Unlimited, and print copies are available on Amazon, the Book Depository, and more. Thanks so much for supporting the Anything Show with Jean Francois. From the Magic 97.7 studios in Lindenville, Vermont, this is The Anything Show with John Francois. Stand by and remain cautious. Oh my God, Thursday, October 21st, as we record this, John Francois here in Lindenville, Vermont. Joining me as always, the host of the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast, Andrew Vanderton from Rochester, New York. Hello, Andrew. Hola. And this is a special week for the Anything Show. It is the week of October 25th. Uh, we usually record and send out the podcast episodes on Monday. The following Monday is going to be after Halloween. So this Monday, October 25th, as you're hearing this, me and Andrew are currently dressed up in our costumes. Andrew, you want to uh, explain who you are? I am Cammy from Street Fighter, the best character in the game. Okay. And I am an inflatable ballerina. The best character in no game at all, but f- screw it. It's it's a game that I would like to create myself. 
Twinkle Toes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, the game is going to be called Twinkle Toes. Okay, so anybody who wants to create a game out there called Twinkle Toes, let me know. Uh, John Inflatable Ballerina Francois will be at your service. (laughs) we got a great show coming up. We have an interview later on with Angel from the Mermaid and the Lion podcast. Oh, my God. Erotic, romantic drama that you have to listen to. Both me and Andrew vouch for it. Uh, For our celebrity gossip, Andrew, you're a big fan of Squid Game on Netflix. Apparently, there is a Squid Game alarm clock that we're going to hear. Hmm? Ooh. Mm. I'm excited to hear this. I want it. I know. For Let's Get Viral, Five Guys, Burgers, and Fries. Have you been there, Andrew? No, I haven't. Oh, it's great. I've never had it, but I've heard it's amazing. You have not experienced great, expensive burger and fries until you've been to Five Guys. And we're going to hear a, a, a TikTok hack about how to uh, really uh, kind of get around the expense of Five Guys burgers and fries. For our headlines in just a bit, we're going to talk about a ketchup, a ketchup Halloween kit. Listen, subscribe, follow, rate, review The Anything Show with Jean-Francois, wherever you get podcasts. Facebook.com slash The Anything Show. Instagram and TikTok. Find us there at Anything Show Francois. And on YouTube under The Anything Show with Jean-Francois. Shot glasses and keychains are available. $10 for a glass, $5 for a keychain. Send me a DM or else you'll be miserable for the rest of your life. Andrew, uh, shall we go ahead and get these headlines started? Let's do it. Yes. All right. Like I said, a ketchup Halloween kit. Now, Andrew, have you ever used ketchup as fake blood for Halloween? Yes, I have. All right. Well, get this. The people at Heinz claim that a lot of people like you do it. I've done it myself. So now they're selling a new ketchup costume kit for Halloween. Get this. Each kit comes with a normal 20-ounce bottle of Heinz ketchup, except the label says tomato blood. You also get a makeup palette, brushes, makeup sponge, eyedropper, fake tattoos, rhinestones, vampire teeth, and false eyelashes. Andrew, what say you to the Heinz Ketchup Halloween kit? I love it. I'm concerned that we consume something that looks so similar to human blood, but <laughs> I do wish it was a hamburger kit or something. It you know, could be a live hamburger. Yeah, you know, it would, you know, I think what would make sense is if like both you and I were dressed up as hamburgers for Halloween and then we just uh, put this uh, Heinz ketchup Halloween stuff all over us, people would want to eat us. We would be delicious. Yeah. Don't eat animals, eat us. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't be offended if you ate us because we would consent to you eating us, people. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Consent to them and get dressed in ketchup. Let's yeah. God, if there's anything that my meat tastes better with, it's ketchup, Andrew. It's ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I think that buying like regular store brand ketchup with like just makeup accessories separately, I think you could just get that cheaper at like the dollar store instead of going for this really expensive, extravagant Heinz kit, you know? Yeah, McDonald's could probably help you out, too. Yeah, unfortunately. Don't get me started on McDicks. All right. (laughs) You know, speaking of a food that is very questionable, Hooters. Hooters, they had to change their uniforms because uh, I guess they want to get more stalker male perverts onto the mix. Uh, You know, as if the female waitresses at Hooters weren't dressed suggestively enough, Andrew. Now the shorts are even skimpier, like thong underwear. But, you know, a bunch of waitresses understandably complained online that they were a bit too much. So Hooters had to reverse course and say, you know what? Fine. The uh, new skimpy thong underwear shorts are optional. Fine. Go ahead. Uh, 
Andrew, I love what you said here on the um, on the Google Doc. So Hooters reverse course yesterday or the other day, and what did you say in response to that? Have they reverse course on their bad food? I've never been to a Hooters. How is their food? Like, what, what's their food like there? So if you've ever eaten cardboard with like barbecue sauce, <laughs> that's kind of what the chicken's like, and the French fries. I've never tasted potato that tasted more like beef. Yeah. So clearly uh, Hooters is saying to themselves, eh, let's get cheap, unquality food. But, you know, to make up for it, we're going to have these really attractive waitresses that'll distract guys because, you know, straight red-blooded males who are horny all the time, they'll eat anything. They'll eat cardboard with barbecue sauce if it means that they get to have sex with an attractive lady at a restaurant. They sure will. So, you know, I'll hang out the front door and see who I can tempt with something. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you know, if you're tasting that terrible food at Hooters, may I suggest, Andrew, that uh, some spice would go wonderful with it. And I got to remind you and our listeners that um, one of our partners, Heart Soul Heat, they have this ghost honey that you have to try. It is 100% American-made hot honey, a ghost pepper-infused raw honey. It's great on things like pizza and fried chicken. So I think it's, it, I think when you put the ghost pepper raw honey on the, the Hooters food, it'll taste a little less like cardboard, Andrew. Yeah, I might give it just the taste I need. Uh-huh. And even better. Oh, my God. Our good friends at uh, Heart Soul Heat for their ghost honey, they are offering uh, Anything Show listeners 50% off the first order with the code ANYTHING at heartsoulheat.com, H-E-A-R-T-S-O-U-L-H-E-A-T.com. Just use the promo code ANYTHING at checkout. You get 50% off. So uh, thanks to our good friends at Heart Soul Heat for giving us a great deal on that raw Ghost honey. <laughs> How was that, Andrew, for some creepy stuff? I like that. You just sold me on this even more now. Now, let me sell you on crappy DoorDash drivers. Uh, this next headline here, someone posted a TikTok video after their DoorDash driver trapped them in their house by placing their order way too close to their door. Now, this person, Andrew, has one of those doors that opens on, uh, I, think they o- I think it opens on the inside. Right? Yeah, if this were to be a problem, it would open on the inside. Oh, no, no, no. It, op- it only opens on the outside. Never mind. It only opens on the outside. Yeah. So imagine the inside part of it. It's just kind of like a, 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 a one of those bathroom doors, those public restroom doors that just kind of slide in and out. And the outside is the one with the actual doorknob. I think that's what it is. So the, the issue with the DoorDash driver and this customer, uh, the customer ordered some breakfast with a nice coffee. The driver left it six inches in front of their door. So... If the customer opened the door, the coffee would spill. Now, Andrew, what do you say to this? I wish they would have left a note saying, would you like to play a game? That would have been amazing. Now, what kind of game are we playing? Uh, Are we playing the squid game? What what the hell are we playing? This would be more Saw-esque. I would probably have the water supply cut off to their house. I'm like, look, if you want to drink this and have your morning go well, figure out how to get it without knocking it over. Wow. So that's a threat that I just love. That's a really sexy threat. Hey, if you want any heat in your house, give me my damn coffee that I paid for. Don't just leave it on the ground for me. Wow. perfect. Yeah, and my question is, uh, the DoorDash driver, I mean, could he not knock or ring the bell? Like, if I was this person and this DoorDash driver just left it on the ground and I had to, like, you know, kind of, you know, scooch just very carefully the door open to see if something would work here. I mean, I would I would call the DoorDash driver. I'd be like, hey, mother effer, uh, give this to me by hand or else I'm calling the cops on you. I like your logic immediately. I would do that, too. Like, 
after I have my funny games, I'm like, look, dude, I want to drink this. So figure it out. Yeah. You know, if last week we we had a guy who called 911 just because he was stuck in traffic and had to pee, I think, by God, a valid 911 emergency is, hey, someone dropped off my coffee and I can't open the door without spilling it. So please, police officer, forget about that guy that was shot 55 times. Get to me first. Damn it. My coffee's getting warm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want it stoking hot. Or, well, it's iced coffee, so I guess it would have to be cold. Warm iced coffee would be awful, Andrew. I, you know, I think the whole concept is weird to me of iced coffee, but eh. yeah, I guess it would be. I thought about that too at first, but then I drank iced coffee and I was like, you know what? I can get down with this. So, you know what? Open up your mind, Andrew. Open up your mind. You might just like iced coffee. I'll give it a try. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, how about having a tiny waist? Maybe we should give that a try. Uh, this next headline from TikTok. I guess TikTok is obsessed with a $24 optical illusion dress that makes your waist look smaller than it really is. Made by a company called Fashion Nova. And I guess when you cinch the belt, your waist appears to shrink by several sizes. It's already sold out on their website. Women are asking to get them more in stock. I don't know. I feel like this is uh, awful because it's basically glorifying the idea that women need to have a tiny waist to look good. Am I am I mistaken on that? I agree with you. You know, when everybody, well, women were wearing those corsets all the time, that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah. Like saying you should have this specific body type. I guess. Um, and are you familiar with Fashion Nova, Andrew? Are, very familiar. Their clothes are bad. They're made of paper towels. <laughs> oh, literally every every part of their clothes are made of, with paper towel? I mean, not in a recycling and helping the earth kind of way. Their clothes are just so cheap, they'll rip apart it after the first wash. Oh, my God. So, Fashion Nova, I don't want you to be a sponsor on the Anything Show. <laughs> unless you offered us a certain amount of money. And then I will glorify crap. Yes. I will take all of the money. Yeah. I mean, it's the best clothing in the world. Me and Andrew have no problem being sellouts because, you know, <laughs> hey, b bitches got to eat, as we say. Bitches got to eat. I'm starving. <laughs> exactly right now. Um, you know what? How about we eat pumpkins? Our next headline here, 36% of men and 28% of women said they've got a knack for carving pumpkins. You know, Andrew, last year on Halloween, it was my very first time carving pumpkins. I sucked at it. Now, of course, my girlfriend, Tony, who introduced it to me last year at the time, you know, she'll say like, oh, no, it's just your first time. It's whatever. You know, people are clumsy at it, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if I want to try it again because it was hard and I sucked at it, Andrew. I understand it. I tried carving a pumpkin once. It was messy, sticky, and I was just like, nope, this is not for me. Yeah. It's just more strenuous exercise than something fun, you know? Yeah, smashing them. Yeah, oh, yeah smashing them is better. I, I would do that. I would get a big uh, jackhammer and smash the F out of a pumpkin to, like, relieve stress. But to, like, carve it into some jack-o'-lantern face thing? No. No. Let me crush it. Exactly. Pumpkins deserve to be murdered. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for those people that think that pumpkins deserve life. I'm not I'm not pro-life pumpkin. I'm anti-life pumpkin. The pumpkin apocalypse has begun. Yes. All started by me with my inflatable ballerina costume. Damn it. Oh, man. Hey, how about we uh, talk about a woman that just ran naked uh, through an eighth grade football practice field? Isn't that just screwed up, Andrew? <laughs> 
27-year-old, yeah, a 27-year-old woman in Missouri was on drugs uh, the other Friday when she got paranoid, ran out of her house naked, ended up streaking across the field at an eighth grade football practice. I, I feel like this woman should be on like some kind of pedophile sex offender watch, even though she wasn't intending to do anything pedophilic. Uh, still, you know, you just happen to be naked on drugs in an eighth grade field. That's not going to look great on your record. No, you weren't even like trying to imitate a cheerleader. You're just running out there. Everything's clapping in the breeze in front of children. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that, you know, once she comes down from those drugs, it's going to hit hard, right? Oh yeah. It's going to hit her harder than a ton of bricks. Ooh, God, I hate man, And I don't like bricks. So I know what you're talking about, Andrew. I disapprove of bricks. All right. Uh, 26% of adults in a recent survey say that they plan to dress up for Halloween this year. Almost half of people still don't know what their costume will be. You know what? I say F it. Right now, we're um, uh, as we're recording this, we're 10 days away from Halloween. As someone who buys his Halloween costume at the last minute, this is actually an improvement for me, Andrew, having this inflatable ballerina costume right now, 10 days before Halloween. I sympathize with those people that don't have their Halloween costume yet. Stop the pressure. We're adults. We have other important things to worry about. Just give it time. Yes. Everybody does in their own time. The Halloween costume will talk to you and tell you when it's ready. Yeah. You just have to be patient. Remember what you said to me the other night, Andrew, when I was like trying to find my Halloween costume and I was worried about it? You said what? Listen to the voices of the costume. <laughs> It'll speak to you. <laughs> uh, that sounds like some like shining exorcist crap. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, like Andrew says, listen to the voices and they will tell you what to do. 35% of Americans, Andrew, say the pandemic has exhausted their love of cooking. Just under 40% say their patience in the kitchen is at an all-time low. You know, Andrew, earlier in the pandemic, I was doing pretty good learning how to cook. And then I started living with my girlfriend who loves to cook and is much better at it than I am. So then I just was like, eh, you know, why do I even have to try anymore? I'll just sit back, get Fat thanks to Tony. Tony has spoiled you in the best way possible. Oh, yeah. Food is the best thing you could ever have. Honestly, I would rather die an obese, unhealthy, happy man than a very fit, sad, single man. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I'm eating out way more now because I got tired of cooking at home. So now I want to reverse and start cooking on my own again. You know, you seem like someone who would be a great cook. I'm actually surprised that you're you're doing takeout more than usual, Andrew. You know, I think I cook pretty well. Nobody's died for my cooking. So, you know, I'm on the plus side here. Hey, send me some. I'm always in need of cooking, you know. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Yes. Mushroom flan. Mushroom what? Mushroom sloth? Flan. What's, what's mushroom flan? So a flan is like a delicious little cake made of condensed milk. And you can substitute mushrooms and see how it tastes. Oh, all right. Um, you know, mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let's move on to Tinder. How about that? Let's move on to Tinder. Uh, Tinder has it has a new addition to their app called Plus One. Uh, it's going to help you find a date to one-off events like weddings. Or, Andrew, if you don't have a wedding to go to, you can sign up and put yourself out there as a potential wedding date. They say it's something people would need right now, especially wedding season. Not too far from us, Andrew. Understandably, because of the pandemic last year, this coming wedding season is supposed to be the busiest in 35 years because we canceled like 50 billion weddings last year and now we're trying to play catch up now andrew i think you said you're a big fan of this tinder plus one idea right 100 i would love to go to random weddings with random people 
I am a wedding junkie. So if I could go all year long, let me do it. Now, my thing is, I would love anybody, including yourself, that uses this whole wedding date Tinder connection. I would hope that you have a strong enough connection with the wedding date that uh, it turns into something more. Because I feel like it's, it, 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 it doesn't it sound really weird to, you know, you, you, you say, hey, be my wedding date. And then you guys have a great connection. Could be sexual, could be non-sexual. But at the end of the night, it's just like, oh, all right. I've used you for what I've used you for. See you later. Have a good life. Isn't that weird? Um, no, not because I'm gay. Um, oh. It's kind of like the hookup lifestyle. Oh. Um, you know, but in this situation, I would personally like it where I could be like, hey, welcome to this wedding. I'm new here. You're new here. Let's see where it goes. Okay. Okay. So you're okay with the whole one night stand idea. Like, hey, like, let's have a good time uh, during the wedding. Let's dance. Let's drink. Let's have some fun. And if some, uh, if some, uh, if, if, if some uh, dirty, dirty business happens, then uh, all right, let's put some gas in the tank and then let's just drive away and never see each other again. Right. All you have to say is it was a wedding. And yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, so that sounds appealing. I don't think what sounds so appealing is Sour Patch Kids popcorn. Our next headline here. Yeah, Andrew, Sour Patch Kids popcorn, a thing that actually exists. Uh, the regular Sour Patch Kids itself is enough to make my face squirm. It's, it, I don't have any problem with the taste. It's just that the sourness of it, is just, it just makes my face all squelchy and squeamy and tense and stuff like that. So having a popcorn made of that, you know, it, you, know you combine the sourness with the saltiness of the popcorn. Ah, you know, it's going to make me faint in a bad way. I immediately feel like my tongue would just fall out my mouth. It would just fall out. Like, what did you put on me? And especially if you're going to a wedding with a date, you need your tongue for maybe maybe a lot of things. <laughs> I want all the food. Yeah, that that too. I was thinking of something else, but you know what? Weddings have free food, so uh, the tongue is to taste the food. So taste the food, you know. Okay, last headline. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like walking on on a thin line here. The average parent who goes trick or treating with their kids will let them hit 25 houses before it's time to go home. They'll steal five pieces of candy from their kids' stash on Halloween night alone. I was shocked at the number 25, Andrew. I thought that kids were going to like maybe. 10 or less houses for trick-or-treating. Now, I mean, have you gone to that many houses, 25 houses for trick-or-treating? Oh, yeah. Even when I was a kid, we would hit about 50 to 60 houses. Jesus! How do you have that kind of time? So, we lived on a military base, and all the kids would parade in the street like this river of children, and we would go to every house on every track. Wow. Like, how much much time would you spend in each house, I wonder? Because that's a lot of houses probably about like two to three seconds you just run up grab the candy and go and it, and it never gets to a certain point like say by house 25 where you're just like oh god this is so repetitive i'm so tired let's go home no you're getting candy it doesn't matter wow all right well a word for you candy junkies out there if if it means going to 125 houses do that dirty deed If you have a headline that you want to send me and Andrew, Facebook.com slash The Anything Show. Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Uh, Facebook, The Anything Show with Jean-Francois. YouTube, same thing. Jean-Francois here with Andrew Vendertunt. Um, And, uh, you know, what are we doing? We're doing a show, aren't we? I think we're doing a show. Okay, I just I just lost I just lost my place for a moment. I was like, wait, where am I? Who is life? Where is life? Uh, What is candy? What is life? Uh, You know, it's just I'm crazy right now. Figuring out the secret of the cosmos. I guess so. 
Uh, it's very important that I know where I am right now because I think someone has been waiting all month to be crowned the winner of our Ask Anything giveaway this month. All this month, all this month, we've been asking you what your childhood dream job is. And right now, we're going to announce the winner right here on the Anything Show with a round of Ask Anything. Andrew, are you ready to go? I'm all ready. Yeah. All right, all this month, like I said, what do you want to be when you grew up? So many great responses. Uh, you know, we got a duck, a sea animal trainer, RN. Someone wanted to be happy. Someone wanted to be a teacher. Someone wanted to be tall when they grew up. Uh, an author, a pastor, a millionaire. Someone wanted to be me when they grew up, and they were obviously being sarcastic because I think they're older than me. Uh, someone wanted to be a marine biologist, a meteorologist, flight attendant, doctor, uh, Supreme Court Justice, Archaeologist, Loretta Lynn, whoever that is, an F-4 pilot, President of the United States, an architect, a singer, a butterfly, a firefighter, a fashion designer, a weatherman, uh, a mechanic, a grown-up, a paleontologist, marine biologist, again, a nurse, a mom, a veterinarian. Someone, someone wants to just be the man, Andrew, just the man of the house, the I guess. Man. A lawyer, an actress, an astronaut, an actor. Oh, my God, I'm getting winded. Flight attendant, secret agent. So thank you, everybody, for responding all this month on what you want to be when you grew up. A $100 gift card and an anything show with Jean-Francois, shot glass, and keychain has to go to one person this month. Andrew, shall I do? Oh, crap. You know what? Uh, let me go back. I have to like backtrack to find the drum roll that I'm like supposed to play, uh, because you know what is a, a winner announcement without drum roll, Andrew? It's kind of like walking without feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's brunch without mimosas. It's, it's breakfast. Yeah, it's breakfast without mimosas. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, Andrew, I think I got the drum roll. All right, you ready for the drum roll to see who the hell our winner is? Ready. Yes. <laughs> Yo, yo, if your name is Michael Stacy, you won, baby. Oh, oh Michael Stacy, you won the Ask Anything prize for the month of October. I know you're usually called Mike Stacy, but I love you so much that I want to make you formal. So I'm calling you Mr. Michael Stacy. How about that, Andrew? I like that. Michael Stacy, very formal. Mr. Stacy, if you're nasty. Ooh. <laughs> right. uh, let me mic your Stacy. All right, no, I'm, I'm kidding, Michael Stacy. I, I, I apologize. This is not who I am as a person. The only reason that I'm like this is that I'm dressed up as an inflatable ballerina for Halloween, okay? That's that's my excuse. Right, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect excuse. Yeah. You're dancing all around. <laughs> oh, boy. Michael Stacy wins himself the $100 gift card and the anything Showing Jean Francois, shot glass, and keychain. Our next winner are going to be announced, I think, sometime in late November. Who knows? Who cares? At the moment, it's all about Michael Stacy. God damn it! All right, uh, I think this is about time where we do our fake pee commercial break, Andrew, isn't it? Yeah. All right, Andrew, do you have to pee? Do you have to poo? Do you have to uh, take drugs or anything? Ah, no, no drugs, unfortunately. Just Dan Tylenol. Just Tylenol? I was, yeah. I, I was hoping for a little dose of heroin tonight. 
Yeah, just a little bit of crack rock here, a little bit of crack rock there, a little bit of mentanamine, mentanamine. That's not how you say it. I, I'm just, <laughs> drugs everywhere, exactly. You're right, you're right. All right, uh, screw it. Let's just uh, do this thing that we like to call acknowledging our sponsors, and we'll be right back with our viral videos of the week. Sound like a good deal, Andrew? Perfect. Yep. Everyone and their cat has a podcast about the entertainment industry. But few shows have as much fun doing it as Rico and the Man with Rob Tregler and Peter Martino. Well, 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 look at Podcast Boy. Looks like he got a new toy. <laughs> yes, New Jersey meets California in this bi-coastal, hilarious show uh-huh. where two old college buddies take shots at all things entertainment. Dave Batista's all like, I was never asked to do it. Well, maybe he would have been asked to do it if he wasn't such a pain in the ass. With special guests, trivia, listener feedback, and comedy Rob and Peter invite you to laugh along as they praise, pummel, and pick apart show business. The Nirvana baby is suing. Ugh. Is he not getting girls because of the penis in the picture? <laughs> Rico and the Man. Available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. <laughs> yes. I cannot wait, Andrew. This is going to be the shortest Let's Get Viral in the history of the anything show because we only have one video that we have to show this week one video i say the viral videos of the week uh this video andrew you know you've never heard of five guys burgers and fries you are not living this takes me back to going to five guys in connecticut my home state uh new york uh, uh i think uh somewhere in iowa where i used to live there was a five guys i love it expensive but it's worth it because they do give you quality burgers and fries that they cook on the spot uh, just be just be prepared to pay like fifty dollars for like a basic hamburger. That's just all I'm gonna say, Andrew. I'm exaggerating, but you know it's very, it's really expensive compared to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? So uh, a Five Guys fan said that this is an interesting hack you can try out if you want to take one cheeseburger and turn it into two for free. At Five Guys, a cheeseburger comes standard with two patties, and all their toppings are free. So are peanuts. Next time you go to Five Guys, order a cheeseburger with all the toppings on the side, and ask for an extra bun. Extra buns are free. Extra bun, zero dollars. But they forgot to add it, and you didn't check. Well, it was a new guy. Now when you get home, you'll have all your toppings neatly on the side, and with your extra bun, you can dress both of your burgers exactly the way you like. Yeah, so Andrew, um... A basic burger at Five Guys usually has two patties, and I mean, whoever came up with this idea, my God, applause, applause, because like they said, you know, just take that double pattied burger, you know, take the buns that you already get for free, and then boom, you got yourself two individual one patty cheeseburgers, and you only had to pay the price of one. This is a pretty good life hack. Yeah. Wow. If I ate meat, I would do it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you're one of them vegan people. God, you're one, you're, you're one of those you're one of those uh, liberal vegan elitists. You know, I'm an elitist, but are the French fries free too? Like, if I can do something with their fries and their French fries are vegan, give me that life hack. I need it. All right. Well, Andrew, uh, you might have to drive like 15 hours for a Five Guys, depending on where you are, because, like you said, you've never been to a Five Guys. I don't know where what you're doing with your life, frankly. I, I, well, not living yet. I guess I need to try the five guys. Yeah. You know what, Andrew? I'm so frustrated that I just want to end this viral video segment right now. 
<laughs> and it's not because there was only one video. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get fired. It's so weird. We started it like two seconds ago, and now we're ending it. <laughs> We just got viral. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're, we're infected with a virus so much that we just cannot continue any longer. Let's get viral. If you have a viral video you want to send us, Facebook.com slash The Anything Show. Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Facebook, YouTube, you get the you get the point. Let, let me and Andrew know how the F you want to get yourself a viral video and how you want to give us a viral video, if you know what I mean. All righty, uh, shall we do some celebrity gossip, Andrew, before we get to our interview with Angel from the Mermaid and the Lion podcast? Yeah. Yes! All right, Andrew, um, I feel like I'm an outcast. Netflix is... And Squid Game, Squid Game on Netflix, it's like the number one trending thing. You know, I hear all these references to it. Red light, green light, like that kind of a thing. And I have no idea what the F anybody is talking about. Um, So, Andrew, somebody made a Squid Game alarm clock and posted a clip of it in action. It's a mini version of the animatronic pigtail doll in the red light, green light game. I want you to listen to this and then tell me if you know what the F is going on, because I certainly don't. Does that make any sense to you, what I just played? Yeah, makes 100% sense. Can you explain it to me? Because I don't I don't know if I'm ever going to watch Squid Game. <laughs> so they're playing a game of red light, green light. And in red light, green light, when the person who's the light says green light, you can move. When they say red light, you have to stop. In Korea, there's actually a song that goes with the game. When you stop singing, that's red light. And if you move, you die. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very, very <laughs> graphic. Wow. Okay. Okay. It's a good old family-friendly children's game. <laughs> I guess. Isn't Squid Game, I mean, like, from what little I saw of it, isn't it, like, sort of like a prison kind of setting where, like, it's almost concentration camp-like, isn't it? It's kind of how some of it looks, some of the references, some of the uniforms people wear, but everybody is there voluntarily. mm Really? So people just mm-hmm. get kind of, so I guess people just kind of get off out of being tortured and having their life threatened. Uh, kind of, but there is a cash prize for this, and the cash prize makes it all worth it if you really win. But you've got to go through some stuff. How much money do you win? So I don't know what the equivalent is in United States dollars, but it's 45 billion won. Which in Korea, I know, has to be tons of money. So wow, just imagine if that was in U.S. money. Oh, by the way, to play this life or death game, you'll play, you'll win forty-five billion dollars. Oh, I would play in a heartbeat. Yeah, let's go. Jesus, man. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I think we were talking about Adele the other day, Andrew. I mean, as you know, she released her first new song in like six years, and now I feel like Adele is my spirit animal because she was asked what her last meal would be. And she said, McDonald's, McNuggets, Big Mac, fries. And she eats it at least once a week. Now, I talk crap about McDonald's, but it's basically the equivalent of a drug. You know what I mean? It's like crack. Like, you know it's terrible for you. You like to get rid of it in your system. But when you're hungry, it's all you could think about. You just need to get that high. And the fact that Adele understands this, even though she has slimmed down tremendously, She's still doing her McDonald's routine. She gets the exact same meal I get. Oh, my God. 
I want to hug her and kiss her right now. You and Adele are spirit McDonald's buddies. Yeah. Once a week? Andrew, I get McDonald's like maybe every few weeks or so, and I'm thinking, oh, that's fine to maintain my slim, sexy figure. But but Adele, you know, look at her slim figure. Like, to eat McDonald's once a week and to maintain that figure? What? She's on the McDiet. She's got it. I guess. So I guess it's like, oh, every other day I eat like fish and some nuts and then, oh, splurge with the Big Mac and fries and nuggets on Friday. You know? <laughs> no, I'm with her. For a final meal, McDonald's would be on my menu. Okay. Even even though you're vegan and that goes against everything you stand for? Oh, yeah. If I'm going out, I'm trying all of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, might as well. If you're dying, might as well just destroy your system, your, your insides like crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the time of year where we're going to hear Michael Jackson's Thriller a lot on the radio, Andrew. And, of course, you know at the end of that song where Vincent Price does his big monologue, like, darkness is in the blah, 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 blah. So Vincent Price, long dead. But, uh, fun fact, he only did that monologue live once, besides, obviously, doing it in the song. The only time that Vincent Price did his monologue live, besides the song was on The Late Show, starring Joan Rivers, back in 1987. And I guess to get you in the Halloween mood, why not play Vincent Price live on Joan Rivers doing his famous thriller monologue. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down, must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grizzled ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist. go the late great vincent price and his michael jackson thriller monologue doesn't that get you into the halloween spirit andrew it really does i love vincent price and i had well i never saw him live but i had the biggest crush on everything i saw him in. i don't think you can yeah. I, I don't think it's i don't think it's literally possible to ever see him live when he was alive because i think he was just like an actor like he was an actor voice actor so i think the only way you could see him was through recorded stuff like tv shows films Mm-hmm. So the fact that we had this really rare gem from Vincent Price was was very nice. All right, lastly in our celebrity gossip, Kate Beckinsale revealed the cause for her ER visit last month, as if we were asking in the first place. I don't remember, you know, this being a big deal, Andrew. <laughs> uh, she threw her back out trying to put on a pair of leggings in her hotel room. Can you can you make any sense of that? I mean, how I bad? Go, go ahead. Like, what, 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 what logic can you put on that, Andrew? I can relate to this 100%. Like, I think she was probably getting ready to go to the club or something, dancing around with a drink or a cocktail, tried to put them on, and it just didn't work out. But through her back out, like, I, I mean, God, how old is she? She's, she's got to still be a fairly young woman. Yeah, she's got to be. But, John, you've got to go get a pair of leggings or, like, tights and try to put them on. 
it is hard no matter how slim or how young you are. So you're saying that there's a lot of bending activity and a lot of uh, strenuous exercise that goes with it? Oh, yeah. You've got to start from the very bottom of your foot, and it's like putting on it's like putting on a T-shirt when you're wet, and you kind of feel like it gets stuck on you, and you have to pull it different ways to get it down. Interesting. Or if you've ever tried to put on latex gloves with wet hands, yeah, it's almost impossible. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? My girlfriend, Tony, uh, is the legging person of the two of us. Uh, I will happily, <laughs> even though, you know, she will attest that uh, she doesn't have uh, the, the, the most uh, normally functioning body ever, uh, I will attest that uh, she will be the one wearing the leggings. And if I have to be her legging caretaker, if I have to be the one to uh, kind of stretch her back for her and make sure she kind of walks from step to step to get her jello in the hospital room, then by God, that's what I'm here for. Because you know what? We made a commitment. We love each other. Till death do you part. I will be your legging caretaker, Tony. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I love you again. How about that, Andrew? Aren't I the best boyfriend ever? You are. That's the lasting love to take care of somebody after a legging-related issue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll just put some Vaseline on her back and hope for the best, you know? <laughs> Here's some petroleum jelly. Let me, rub it, let me rub it on your back, Tony. Come on, get up, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> petroleum jelly works every time. <laughs> All righty. Uh, yeah, never take medical advice from me. Um, hey. If you have a piece of celebrity gossip, Facebook.com slash The Anything Show, Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Oh, YouTube and Facebook at The Anything Show Francois. You know, uh, it's been a great time dressing up in Halloween costume with you, Andrew. Say what you are again. I'm Tammy from Street Fighter. And I'm... I'm sorry, you can say that one more time? I always say the best character in the game. Anybody challenge me. Now, why is Cammy the best character in the game out of everybody? She is the fastest, strongest hitter and can literally beat any other character in the game if you know how to play with her. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll certainly be playing with Cammy a lot indeed. So that is good to know. That is good to know. Um, you know, if you want to see pictures of me and Andrew's costumes, I'm the inflatable ballerina, the inflatable ballerina. Andrew is Cammy from Street Fighter. Uh, go to our socials, uh, Instagram at Anything Show Francois and Facebook.com slash Anything Show. We just posted up photos of our Halloween costumes. All right, Andrew, I would say that we had a great conversation with Angel from the Mermaid and the Lion podcast, right? Yes, it was a fantastic yeah. Find Mermaid and the Lion wherever you get podcasts. If you're into erotic, graphic, storytelling wonderfulness in your ear holes, Mermaid and the Lion is the place to be. So we're going to play that conversation that we had with Angel the other day right here on The Anything Show. Andrew, as we speak on the 21st of October, uh, have yourself a happy Halloween because I think that the next time... Well, the next time we'll be speaking, I think, will be shortly before Halloween. But you know what I mean. Uh, if you're going to be enjoying your costume this coming weekend, have a happy Halloween. You do the same. I'm going to hopefully get my Squid Game costume here by Monday. I so I'll have even more fun with that one. Very, very nice. Okay. Well, Andrew, I'm going to see you later so we can transfer over to a recorded conversation that also involves us. So <laughs> see you on the other side. <laughs> see you on the other side. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Gaza, I think I'm ready. Ready for what? Dinner? Me too. No, I am kind of hungry. 
and not for food. I'm ready for us to go to the next level physically. What about the whole marriage thing? I didn't say anything about marriage. Then hell no. I'm not going there with you, Kimora. I'm not going to be that guy. Okay, hey everybody. I am here uh, with, of course, Andrew Vanderton from the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast. We are joined by a special guest. She is a, let's see, the co-creator, creative spirit, writer, and she doesn't like to be called this, but I'm going to call her it anyway, the co-star of the Mermaid and the Lion podcast. It's Angel. Angel's on Zoom with us. Hi, Angel. Hello. Thank you for welcoming me and humbling me with the star comment. Appreciate it. Yeah. And you know what? It's well-deserved because, uh, I mean, my God, because the, the Mermaid and the Lion, this is not the first time that you guys are sponsoring the Anything show. You guys sponsored in the past. And uh, mm-hmm. it's really nice to finally put a face to the voice that I've been hearing on the podcast for a while. So, awesome. uh, <laughs> and I know I was almost not going to put a face to the voice because Angel <laughs> Angel didn't think we were going to do the video, but you know what? You're doing well so yeah. far. Uh, so far, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> yeah, hey, I think you're doing fabulous so far. And we hadn't even like asked or answered questions yet. So I think this is going just great. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Season three, I believe, is coming out of Mermaid and the Lion. Did it already come out or is it coming out soon? It is coming out very, very soon. It will be out on patreon on october the 26th and then it will be on all other platforms you know the apple spotify google iheart pandora all that stuff on november 2nd if agaza was here he tried to tell me to push it to the ninth, but it's coming out november 2nd and he'll call me <laughs> a slave driver and all these other mean names but november 2nd <laughs> All right, so let's backtrack. Take us back to the beginning for those uh, tuning in who are just like, oh, what's the mermaid and the lion? What What is the podcast about? Absolutely. So the Mermaid and the Lion is not a traditional podcast meeting. It's not interview or chat style. It is a scripted audio drama about two imperfect people working on perfecting their love for one another and overcoming toxicity through forgiveness. So it's kind of a love journey of two folks who are fundamentally flawed, but they find love with one another and they have chosen to not give up on that love, regardless of what comes along the way. And it starts at the very beginning. And I'm very, very tied to the story because it's my own. It is my husband and myself. It's our true love story where, of course, we've had to change some things to protect people in our lives and certain, you know, encounters. But every interaction that's really occurred there between Gaza and myself is authentic. Because part of the story is hopefully helping some people in young relationships to see the mistakes that we made at the beginning and maybe they can have a happier start. Wow. So, Andrew, when you first started listening to the podcast, did did, did you get that authenticity? I did. So one of the things that I loved listening was there's a genuine backing to the story that I could already tell before I even knew your backstory. And just feeling this feeling of, there are people who have gone through relationship things that I immediately walked out on that are giving me inspiration to do more. Oh, nice. See, it's for you, Jay. It's for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you, um, were you immediately okay with sharing such personal things and being so open? 
So it actually was my idea. I came together with it. He was not, a he's actually a very private person. So the simple fact that he's doing this, I know is also out of his love for me and my desire to create. I feel like if I'm not creating something, I'm kind of not in my happiest place and being able to create it with my life partner is even better. So him giving and seeing the long-term vision and goal it's really helpful. Also, you know, he's really um, driven by money. So the fact that there is a possibility of, you know, income in the future, I think he stays inspired. Like, you know what? So what if they think I'm a butt face today? We're going to tell the story <laughs> and we're going to keep on pushing. Yeah. What I like about the podcast, uh, having listened to a few episodes of season one, um, it, it really has like a will they, won't they vibe with like a, a splash of like urban hip hopness to it. I, I really, I, I really enjoyed that. And, um, and he really just blew me away right now by saying that this is actually a true story because now uh, I'm wondering like, okay, what's, what's, what's going to happen next. Um, now uh, Gaza, I, is it true my kind of assumption here because Gaza so far uh, listening to season one he comes off as like a you know very irresistible womanizer who's trying to change his ways and needs some help along the way is that really your Gaza in real life that that is my man oh my gosh why is he my man actually when I think of it like that but yep he's the one that he stole my heart some kind of weird way but yes that's him um very you know, someone would probably call him a meathead because he's like a gym rat, all of that kind of stuff, full into fitness. He has like a whole other podcast called Flex on Them, <laughs> where he talks about fitness stuff and he works out all the time while I'm snacking all the time. You know, we're a perfect pair. <laughs> so we're, we're both lifting something, chips or weights, whichever. And, um, but moreover, I think that it just was truly destined because I was able to see past some of his persona and really understand that underneath it all, he was a person that was looking for family, looking for stability. And part of what he was going through was maybe trying to attract that to himself, but in the wrong ways and being able to be vulnerable with one another and really discuss what we wanted long-term was helpful. And also an opportunity for him to let go of some of the, you know, womanizing and mixing, mingling and unsafe behaviors he was participating in. So, I mean, I, I would imagine that I had to take a lot of patience to, um, you know, uh, sort of deal with or accept, uh, you know, Gaza's ways, you know, before you guys got to a point where uh, it seems like you are a very solid couple. I mean, can you, can you take us through that? Especially like, you know, the because especially the womanizing ways, I would imagine that 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 maybe that uh, produced a lot of uh, frustration or insecurity on your part. Oh, he tricked me. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about I got tricked. If you um, make it to season two, it was our dating season. And during that time, we never argued once while we were dating. He definitely wooed me and cared for me. I have epilepsy. I had seizures during that time. And he came to the hospital and we got into a car accident. Um, well, I got into a car accident driving to work and that's what kind of sparked my seizures to come back on. And he sat there and took out my weave and the glass in my hair and all this. And he showed me a genuine caring side during that time. So when the moment came for us to consider moving 
farther and further in the relationship, I'm like, you're showing me all the good stuff. And then once, well, I'm going to start telling you the season. You got to listen. But but yes, um, there was some difficult things, but uh, I guess giving a little bit about myself that's not in the story. So exclusive. My parents were like recently divorced when I first started dating Gazette and there was infidelity involved. So I decided at that point, I was like, if this man, my father, who I honored and revered for all my life is capable of this. And that means that every doggone man is capable of this. So I'm going to enter into this relationship where I'm taking the bull by the horns and I'm going to control it. So I started the relationship with, I don't care if you are with someone else, um, just as long as you don't break these key rules is how I felt like I was controlling the situation. It was a mistake, but that was kind of our path forward and my way of feeling like if anything happens, I gave permission already and I did this and he's not gonna break my rules, which is the dumbest thing that you could ever do is try to control, especially control something that you don't ultimately want to happen. So it was a great learning experience all the way around. Um, you know, uh, a phrase that you use to describe the podcast that really draws me in, and I, and, I, and I really want to ask you about that. So you say it's about two imperfect people trying to perfect their love for one another. So is that saying that, you know, there is a such thing as perfect love, like you, you can really polish love to perfection. I, I was wondering if you could elaborate on that. I definitely believe that that's a possibility. I don't think that two people ever become perfect, but my ideal of perfect love is pure understanding and communication with one another. Like I understand how to push your buttons. That means I understand how to abstain from pushing your buttons, right? I also, again, making that fundamental decision to not give up on you because that is the best sense of security. It's not necessarily unconditional love, but the understanding that this person sees my flaws and they're willing to work with me if I'm willing to work with them on theirs. Like, hey, these are the items in our relationship, which is something that we should have done in the beginning, but we eventually got there. These are our deal breakers. If you ever do these things to me, that is the end of this, I'm not giving up on you agreement or covenant that we've made with one another. And as long as we remain inside of those deal breakers and we are continuously trying to improve and understand um, each other's love languages more, if we are trying to you know, understand what brings each other joy because happiness comes from within, but you also can enhance someone's happiness by trying to understand what sparks that for them. If it's giving them quiet time, if it is, you know, giving them a head rub, whatever it is that lets them know that you truly love them actively doing that, even if it's not what you want to do, because you want them to come outside of their selves to give you what you need to actively feel loved as well. So yes, I think those are things that help perfect love between two people. Andrew, did you have any questions? Yes. Now, <clears throat> when you talk about that and you know what could push your partner's buttons and what can't push them, in telling the story that you're telling through the podcast, have there been any moments in recording or planning out an episode where you've talked to, with Gaza about what you're going to talk about or what the storyline is going to be at that point. And it's been a moment where maybe it's called some friction between you two. Oh, absolutely. We've argued about 
especially the external parties, right? The other people in your life, family, for the most part, that impact your relationship because they've had such heavy influences on you for 100% of your life before you got married. So how do we incorporate um, those experiences and how it made us feel without pointing out these key people in our lives that we do respect and love, right? But we they're not part of our story as a whole. So we don't want to admonish them publicly in that way. So how do we create situations that still exude those emotions? And so how I write it, he'll be like, oh, absolutely not, right? <laughs> like, you're not gonna do that. That shines this kind of light and I refuse to let that happen. Or he'll wanna change some words and like, no, if you say it that way, that doesn't um, make sense for why this would be my particular reaction. And this is why I reacted like that back then, right? So I think we should do this and you need to keep that exact word in there. But um, moving to season, it hasn't really been as difficult because we've been mostly aligned for season one and two, but this season three, which is the newlywed season, which covers our first 18 months of marriage, which was the most difficult part of our marriage. It has, I've, we've cried, we've argued, we've remembered how much we've loved each other. All of those spectrums of emotions have occurred while putting this season together, especially the, um, I think we've both even had some clarity moments of like, you know what, dang, I was definitely wrong there. And now that I see it on paper, eesh, I don't want anyone to hear it, but we're going to go forward because we're trying to speak this true unabashed piece and on our Facebook, oh, excuse me, on our Instagram page, I've been really making a point of making comments about being a newlywed, like, hey, what newly, what honeymoon phase? Or, you know, I think more about being an ex than I do about having sex with you, right? We're not lovebirds because we are in such a, a bad space of mistreating one another and not connecting when we're supposed to be the most connected in our relationship. So things like that. I hope I answered your question. Oh, you did. Because another thing that I've been wondering about listening to the first season and listening to the content that I've enjoyed, because I don't want to give anything away. Because for me, <laughs> it was something so special to listen to because you have this warm, happy beginning and you hope everything's going to be amazing with no issues or problems ever happening. And then, you know, life and relationships and things happen with people. So now mm -hmm. that you've gone on this journey and are still continuing telling the story. Has it changed your relationship at this moment? Like, is there new things that you think are coming up that are changing that you weren't expecting? I'm gonna say it seems like Mermaid the Lion could go on forever now that we've started, right? Because <laughs> of just the pivot of creating this project together. Um, a lot of relationships kind of took a downturn during COVID and working on the Mermaid of the Lion together rejuvenated ours. It gave us that new zest and zeal. We always loved creating things together. It wasn't always like a creative work, like the mermaid and the lion, but we build homes together. You know, we worked really hard to have a family together. You know, having a project to work on is something that really helps us. And that's when we're in our best space. And now that we have this project to work on and this project gives us the opportunity to reflect on why we are even together and maybe even help someone in the process. It's been incredibly helpful for us. And we've also learned how to communicate better and talk to each other much nicer, just in this small time that Mermaid the Lion has been out, especially the talking nicer part. 
Yeah, I bet, I bet. Um, you know, I got to ask about um, certain parts of the podcast that really drew me in. Uh, one, I hope I'm not spoiling anything when I say this, but in the first season, um, you know, we get introduced to you, Angel, and the fact that I believe you're a virgin when you meet Gaza. Is that what we're... No, and a lot of people think I'm her. That is actually another lady named Kamora who is like 30-something years old when she meets Gaza and he's only like 26. And they, so yeah, it's the first episode you guys should definitely listen because it's an interesting saga of that this woman um, met him at the nightclub. Like that whole story is almost, there's like nothing really that's changed. Actually, I think, except for the fact there's only one friend with him the night that he met her, but there was more friends. But everything else is kind of like that same journey where it was almost like love at first sight. They had a very tight bond and relationship. And then she was ready to move further and faster than he was. And he did allow the fact that she was significantly older than him to impact his vision for the future of like, you know, wanting to have kids and and you know she's going to be at this place and I'm still only going to be hitting this number and he felt like he was holding her back from being in her prime and being with someone who was ready to be in that space right then and there even though she was willing to wait so they ended up breaking up pretty short term to be funny story I'm the longest relationship that um, Gaza has ever had in his life because almost everyone else was kind of like at the one-year mark and then the relationship was dissolved except for you know Chase's mom they you know were teenagers and were off and on you know throughout that time but outside of that almost everyone was like done within a year now uh, you also say that um there are decisions or values that Angel and Gaza have that the, the audience may or may not agree with can you talk about that like what what what, yeah. what decision values that you think may be polarizing to others uh especially others in relationships who may be looking on the outside in like oh what's going on there <laughs> actually i've kind of alluded to one already and that idea of me giving him the pass in the relationship mm -hmm. for him to go and and it's a one-sided pass right so it wasn't like oh uh, well, thank you so much, Angel, for caring for me in such a way to allow me to go and continue to sow my royal oats. Um, you do the same. No, he, like he would have left me on the front porch because it was <laughs> definitely a one-sided thing. And um, so I think that a lot of women, especially today, would feel like um, I behaved as a pick-me. Um, actually, I've been called that a little bit. You know, So that would be like one thing that potentially could cultivate that um, another one which we haven't really incorporated is how close we are to um, Chase's mom to the point where I've even asked her to live with us several times not for us to be like sister wives or anything but raising him was so important and having that opportunity to have a collective view for structure for him not when I'm at my mom's house this is what I do and when I'm at your house this is what I do no to be pretty much the same that when you're at any house the rules flow if you're on punishment at your mom's house you're on punishment here and vice versa so that there was less of a, a tug of war for him and a lot of people were like oh I'm not talking to no baby mamas who is she she better not call past this and that or whatever and we have a very 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 intimate relationship that developed over time of course 
Um, another thing, do, 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 do that. Um, I very, very, very much was raised in a Christian home, mm-hmm. very religious. Um, Gaza's family is Catholic. His mom is Irish Catholic. So it's oh. real serious Catholic business happening over here. And then I'm very much a Protestant. And um, a lot of people would see how we treat God in our home as inappropriate, right? You know, not that we use him as a genie, but we don't go to church every Sunday. Like I was used to doing. And family prayer is like intermittent. Like I come out in the morning, I'm like, oh, please the blood of Jesus over everybody because I know they're not going to pray. Like, you know, we're not very orthodox in that, but more than anything, it is that you have a past to step outside of the relationship piece that I know is gonna um, catch a lot of people with their pearls. (laughs) Like, oh no, why would you even say a thing like that? Or there was a time where I was the sole provider while Gaza went back to school. And you know, that also is like, what the heck is going on? He kept the kids and I went to work and he re-learned how to live and be a career person. I couldn't think of something articulate to say in that moment. So, you know, hey, whoever's listening, it came out how it came out. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, and you know, speaking of uh, religion, I, I like I, I like actually the, the the sort of contrast between the religious part of you because you know we, I think we all get this concept of like oh if you're religious then you're uptight when it comes to you know really diving into you know the the details of one's relationship and uh, definitely what I've noticed about the what about the podcast is that when there are intimate moments uh, it, it really gets <laughs> it, it really gets wrong I heard that from a romantic uh, drama before i mean usually at the most it'll be a narrator just describing what's happening but you actually like here in your podcast uh characters engaging in very interesting sexual activity and i guess i I, I wanted to get your head about that and how you and gaza went about you know portraying uh sexuality in the podcast absolutely god is love friends right and the marriage bed is undefiled people even though we weren't married, but either way, (laughs) right, but no, um, the book I wrote, I think I mentioned to you guys, the book I wrote was an erotic novel, so I was like, hey, let's throw some of that in there, why not, people like that, women want to hear that, and I don't know how men feel about it, but I know that women would want to hear that, so let's go ahead and throw some of that in there um, in regards to attracting an audience, and we've had the opportunity to have some fun with it. Um, and I'm not sure if it's season one or season two, where um, it's like the episode is called Want Me For Me. Is Erica, have you guys gotten to Erica and Rob? They have their own episode. That I'm still in season two. Uh, season one. Yeah, so that's, okay, so season two, there's some new characters, Erica and Rob, and boy, do they have sex. And I'm gonna spoil this for everybody. When you guys hear, the slapping noises in that episode that is a real deal skin to skin buddy with the microphone wow. <laughs> making it happen <laughs> oh <laughs> asmr erotica <laughs> <laughs> look it is audio porn for real <laughs> <laughs> okay well like they say sex sells so good for you <laughs> right like but but it was really just kind of funny 
because if you let Gaza tell you, I wish he was here to tell the story. He was trying to make it sound authentic. He was like, yeah, I even pulled down my pants and was slapping my bottom <laughs> to try to make it sound right. Wow. And it, just, and it wasn't sounding right. So he's like, we got to do something else <laughs> to make it happen. So if you guys ever make it there, just know that during that particular sex scene between Eric and Rob is a real action. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, if there's any reason to tune in, now you've given me reason to tune in. Season two and three. Let's fast forward through all the episodes. <laughs> yeah. gonna, like, I don't even care about continuity. I'm just like, you know what? I just want to hear the, the, the sex scenes. Yeah. Like literally you're taking back to middle school, like fast forwarded through Titanic just to see the naked scene with uh, Kate Winslet, you know? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Oh gosh, why do you go back? I used to watch like all that little soft porn stuff like late at night that you know it would be um them having some sort of dinner with friends and the next you know everyone's in their own room doing weird stuff and then you're hoping to God your mom doesn't come in and catch you watching this filth. Lord have mercy. That was Help the Skinamax. <laughs> you were watching and you're like, okay, Skinamax. <laughs> super secret because she would have poured the whole bottle of holy oil on me <laughs> and i would have been at the front of the church the next sunday like you know, i just want to tell the lord i'm sorry for my <laughs> wicked ways <laughs> oh my god well uh angel I, I it's been such a pleasure to talk to you from the mermaid and the lion podcast uh andrew did, did you have any uh, more questions before we go um, not at this time, not really a question. I just have to say I'm super excited to wait and hear more. Um, so now I'm Thank excited you. to get into season two. And you've got a stand out of me. Oh, yeah. Thank oh, you, I, guys. Thank you. All sh- like, like, I think it's like season two of almost any show is always like the season where, where shit gets real. So I think that... Let's talk more. But I have to say... Um, for anyone who does listen to season one and, and season two, and I'm not trying to overstay my time, I promise, but anyone who listens to season one and season two, we have a real treat for season three. Number one, our format is going to be different. And number two, we've upgraded our mic. So now we have stellar mics. We have a soundproof studio, like improved soundproofing in the studio. So the whole listening experience is going to be way different. We've incorporated binaural sound. So we're encouraging everyone to listen with headphones in season three, because it's going to be full spectrum environment immersion. So we're very, very excited about the new season. I love it. Uh, Before we go, uh, you know, for any, for someone listening who is already interested in, you know, hearing, you know, romance, either in fictionalized form or reality form. Can you tell us like what makes your podcast so special and distinct from all the other romance related podcasts? Absolutely. Because those other ones are just audiobooks where someone is talking at you. When you listen to the mermaid and the lion, you get to hear different voices different emotions and experiences set into scenes where you can close your eyes and imagine exactly what it looks like. Our show is the show where you get to complete the story with your imagination and experience and let the voices continue to carry you there. You're not blinded by your vision of what a director says that person should look like or what each character looks like. We have given you the opportunity to incorporate your thoughts into what really happened there and let the sounds carry you to that land and take you away. And it's a pretty nice and easy thing to do. You can listen to us while driving, 
well, please be careful because I don't want you to get carried away and hit a wall or anything, but it's a nice opportunity for you to just, you know, take yourself to another land and feel like you're in the story. That's all. Andrew, did you notice that she uh, uh, said, said all that in a very uh, calming, sensual voice, the, the, the kind of voice that we already hear on the podcast anyway? It was very soothing. <laughs> exactly. I love oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Now you're making me like, let me get off this camera. I can't. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're going to let you go now. It's, it's, it's perfect timing. Uh, Angel Sand, the uh, co-creator, uh, self-described creative spirit, writer, co-star of the Mermaid and the Lion podcast. Find it wherever you get podcasts. Uh, thanks uh, so much for uh, supporting the Anything Show. And of course, for anybody listening, uh, as you support our show, please support uh, the Mermaid and the Lion because it really is a, a wonderful, uh, thought-provoking work of art. Uh, Angel, I hope you take care. And uh, next time we talk, I will give you a heads up about video <laughs> right, right and i'm gonna have a, all the lipstick you watch right <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank Bye. you guys so much you guys are a pleasure thank you god bless you, you. Too. thank you listen to the anything show with john francois on apple spotify wherever you get podcasts we're on facebook youtube and on instagram and tiktok at anything show francois now go lick some sweet and sour sauce